Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I'm looking for my good buddy, Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, I'm here. How you doing? I'm good. Getting ready for some travel. I know. You told me. So off to Iceland. That's amazing. Yep. Yep. We're taking uh, my daughter for a graduation present, and uh, we're going to spend a week there, and she's got it all planned out. I really haven't been very involved in the planning other than, you know, buying plane tickets and getting the hotel. Um, so I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure of what we're in for, but, uh, I'm sure it's going to be beautiful and I'm really looking forward to, you know, the time with her. So. That's great. Now it's a super popular vacation, um, for people in my area because it's the Boston to Iceland Reykjavik flight is really not bad at all. And so there's some real cheap tickets you can get over there. So I know a lot of people have gone, they love it. Absolutely love it. I've never been, but um, I think you guys should have a good time. See what Kate's cooked up for you. Right, right. Yeah, I, I have the same experience. Whenever I tell people that I'm going, everyone always says, I know three people in the past year that have gone. I think it's kind yeah. of become a thing. And um, so she's super excited. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to a little time away from work as well. But yeah, no, can't blame you there. Can't yeah, blame you there. I'll, I'll be back in time for our next podcast, though. Don't don't of worry course, about that. Of can't, course, can't miss that. Not at all. So, we've got a guest today, Seth. Right? We do. Yeah, we have been talking quite a bit over the past few weeks about changes happening in the IT industry, and you and I have both written about it in various ways, and we're talking about uh, some things that we might do going forward. But the latest white paper that I wrote actually fits right into this discussion. Um, the, the white paper is on the shift between tactical and strategic IT. Uh, it's called Using I- Strategic IT for Competitive Advantage. Uh, and we wanted to talk to somebody uh, that is out in the field a little bit more and, and get some experience with this, you know, rather than just us research analysts. So we are happy today to welcome Gail Holmberg. Uh, she is a area managing partner at Fortium, and uh, she's got quite a bit of experience in different parts of the industry, and, and maybe she can share some of that as we go with whatever's relevant. But welcome to the podcast, Gail. I'm glad to be here. Like I said, the, the white paper really kind of came out of our certifications group. Uh, they, they were looking for something that might help our sales team kind of talk about when they go into a business and everyone says that technology is becoming more important to a business, everyone sort of nods and then they move on and they start trying to talk about the details, you know, what skills are needed. But it was that statement about technology being more important to the business that we wanted to dig into a little bit more. So could you maybe give your take on that? Well, I think it's definitely more important to the business. I think one of the big directions we see is the integration of technology into both services and even into products. So it's not just IT powering the the back office, uh, but it is uh, becoming part of what's being sold. And the moment that happens, it really changes the perspective of uh, how IT and technology in general need to contribute. So I think what you're saying, if I, if I understand correctly, is so a, an end user company, a, a client you might work with, whatever their product or service is, now technology becomes so instrumental to the development of that product or service, or it's baked in in some way that when they sell it to the, their customer, um, there's some tech, technology meaning behind it. 
Yeah, it, it could be as, as simple as uh, the customer support portal becomes more critical in a, uh, a product company or even in a, uh, a service company. And what we see is that the customer, whether the customer is a consumer or a B2B customer, is expecting that portal to be of the same quality that the apps are on their phone. So where people might have kind of underinvested in a, you know, in a help portal for, for their customers, people aren't tolerating that anymore. So you need to have an IT organization who can leverage the best that's out there um, on a cost-effective way to, to give you that quality. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, it, I think it's a slightly different way of just saying what we had in the white paper, which is a, a traditional view of looking at IT maybe was as that service, sort of a foundational service that supported the activities that went into the eventual product or the objectives of the business. But now techno IT has kind of come up from that foundational layer and it still plays that role, it still plays kind of a tactical role, but it's become more strategic as well. Um, do you feel like that's you know kind of the, the same thing that you're talking about, that, that IT has had to adopt a new mentality around uh, contributing to the eventual product or the eventual outcome of a business? Yes, I think so. I think it really comes down to almost two ITs. You know, there, there continues to be the more um, infrastructure platform-based IT that you're, you're talking about, and they're supposed to have a, you know, zero tolerance for, for failure, et cetera. But then there's a whole nother group of people who are much more integral to the business direction and need to be conversant with that and conversant with um, what's out in the marketplace to bring to bear to help the business uh, achieve what they want to achieve. Yeah, Seth, you and I have talked about this a lot, about how we're seeing different teams, like very discrete teams within organizations, um, one that are doing the, the traditional type of IT work and then others who are now, you know, built around the digitization of a business and how to adopt, you know, a cloud strategy or whatever it might be. And that seems to be a trend that uh, I don't see abating, especially for large companies. Right. I, I feel like in the research that we've done and the discussions that I've had, we see companies kind of going through some some stages here of trying to figure out what the right answer is for them. Uh, so we see companies that maybe have a CIO and a CTO. Uh, we see companies that have gone in that direction and then they've gone back in the other direction and they've consolidated things. That We see companies that have kind of started up an innovation lab within the IT function or maybe it's a cross-functional innovation lab. Uh, and I don't know that there's exactly best practice out there on how to address this problem that Gail mentioned of, you know, there's two ITs. Um, I think for a lot of CIOs, that's becoming one of their big challenges is if, if they're not in a, an organization where there's a CIO and a CTO and they've got sort of distinct responsibilities between the tactical and the strategic, they're trying to juggle both. And I think they're up for it. I think they kind of welcome the challenge, but it's a, a new challenge. It's one that they haven't really seen before. Well, and I think CIOs run the risk if they're not stepping up to the more strategic aspects that the business brings someone kind of over into that strategic component, and they're you know they're being creative with the with the titles, but you know that's often when uh, 
a chief digital officer gets named. And you'll see that it's at least half the time the digital officer is, is coming out of the business rather than out of technology. Mm. Now, are you at Fortium, are, are your clients mainly enterprise size customers or you work with SMB? I'm curious what some of the differences you're seeing in, in, in the variety of clients that you have and how they're approaching IT. We do work across uh, pretty much every size of client, but I would say uh, we have more clients in the SMB space. Mm. They are especially struggling with um, this concept because most of them went through a process of outsourcing the majority of their, their technology services, probably to a managed services provider. Uh, they may have held on to um, an IT manager or an IT director, uh, and they have you know a few functions local uh, in their organization. And then they all of a sudden want to talk about some of these strategic directions, whether it's you know a, a manufacturing company that that's talking about uh, integrating sensors onto their 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 factory floor, or if it's um, a service company that's creating a very um, innovative user experience for their, their customers, they don't have anyone internal to talk to. And typically, the managed services providers aren't really operating at that level either. So they tend to be looking for <clears throat> that type of advice on a very cost-effective basis. No, you're absolutely right. We do see that in our research. I do a lot of research with the MSP space and just the, the channel in general. And um, they are all struggling to raise their game to be more strategic in, you know, in make, making sure that they're hiring the right people or retraining people to have to incorporate these types of skill sets that are needed to address these needs. And a lot of them do serve this SMB space. In fact, the majority of the these uh, these MSPs and, and other types of solution providers uh, serve SMB. That's their that's the bread and butter. Um, so so they're all sort of at a loss, I think, right now. Some of them. So the SMB companies don't have somebody internally who can address these uh, more progressive issues as we move forward. And then you've got the client, the, the third party they've worked with, who's also at the beginning stages of learning how to address this as well. So I think it's a bit of a challenge for both sides. And you know that that is where we come in. You know, we provide some of that high level strategic. Um, insight on a on a small bite-sized basis for small to mid-sized companies and and I think um, more um, opportunities for the companies to access that type of talent is, is going to be important mm. and this is definitely something that we brought up in the white paper like one of these ripple effects that comes from this shift into strategic IT if, if you look at the diagrams in the white paper we kind of show the shape of IT changing and if you're looking at the diagrams it it almost looks like you know we're talking about an internal IT team but we really make the point that what we're talking about is the IT function and just like you said Gail that IT function for a lot of SMBs might be completely outsourced and so now they're recognizing that they need their IT function to play this dual role for them but they aren't getting it from their existing partner, you know, because that's not the partner skills or that's just not what they've ever asked for from the partner, and then they don't have it internally. Do you see any appetite to try to add internal resources where there's never been any before? You know, it depends on how, how big an initiative they're, they're undertaking. You know, if, if they're 
literally going to try to transform their whole business uh, and they need a full-time leader to do that, then I think they are. But I think for most companies, they need to do this on a step-by-step basis. And then it's pretty hard to um, to fund a, a full-time IT leader in the small to mid-sized space uh, at, at the beginning of, of the, the digitization of approach. So I, I think it, it it's slow to, to get there. Um, so they're trying to find some other ways to do it uh, on a beginning basis. I'm curious about uh, who the buyer is for you today. Are you speaking, are you working less with an IT, with the IT department and perhaps more with some line of business folks who want to do particular projects and they're doing them either without their IT department or they don't have an IT department in the case of some SMBs. So you're dealing directly with you know, a marketing department or an HR department. Where we are working almost exclusively with uh, C-suite executives in companies, uh, company owners when it's private, and increasingly, frankly, with private equity or venture capital owners. Um, they often can see the, the broader um, marketplace. And you know, when you have an outside owner like that, they may actually be pushing the company to broaden their vision and consider uh, a more digital approach. One of the things that we brought up in the white paper was that as, as IT becomes more strategic, it creates new relationships. And I'm realizing that we really focused in the paper on IT, the, the relationship that they have with the business unit, but the business unit has that same relationship back. So now all of a sudden there's a much more horizontal relationship between a business unit and IT. Um, and, and again, here at CompTIA, we talk a lot about what IT needs to do uh, in order to make that relationship work, but do you see the same thing from business units that they're they're kind of accustomed to treating IT as a service that they rely on, but now they might have to build some new skills in having this relationship with IT that's more of a partner to them rather than someone that's just providing you know a service or a platform. Well, I think what I'm seeing is something you reference in a slightly different part of the, the white paper which is that the business now thinks that they know enough to, to buy outsourced services without in, involving IT. Um, mm. And so you will see, you know, especially the, the software as a service platform feels very easy to go and purchase and engage with an outside vendor who can provide these services for you. And I see it playing out very similar to what happened in the 80s and 90s uh, when client server systems first came in. A, a lot of those got purchased by business executives because they were kind of a, they were separate. They didn't have to utilize the mainframe anymore and they could kind of you know, find a mid-range solution and, and own it themselves. Uh, so we see a lot of our clients struggling with that same issue, which is islands of technology uh, with no integration across the, the different functions that have purchased their own cloud-based solutions and um, no ability to access that data on a company-wide basis to really do the kinds of big data analysis that everyone is hungry for. It, it's all now in separate proprietary uh, systems. So. 
I think IT needs to step up, number one, to be enough of a partner to be part of those purchase decisions, but secondly, to begin to bring some of those integration solutions uh, to the company because that's where they're going to begin to prove their value again. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's back to the future or whatever when you talk about it. Uh, you know, we go through these cycles where these these silo things seem to happen. Um, what do you think is um, what do you think is sort of the biggest the biggest trend on the horizon, or what is pushing the SMB today into new directions to digitize their company? Is it is it more of a business outcome that they're looking for that may be very specific to their to their organization, or is it a more macro type of thing that ever that's pushing everybody in one direction? I think there's a number of pressures, uh, especially on the SMBs. Um, I think you know there's always cost and efficiency pressures, and uh, labor availability and management pressures. So there, there's kind of one push into the digitization that we see, especially in manufacturing and supply chain, where um, they're utilizing robots and sensors and um, augmented reality training to optimize the workforce and their factory floor or their, or their warehouse. Um, I think the other side of the pressure Second pressure is coming from the customers, as I said before. Customers mm -hmm. demanding a, a better user interface, uh, a higher quality uh, way to interact with the company. Uh, they don't want to fax things anymore. They don't want to make phone calls. Um, you know, the millennials don't even know how to make the phone calls. So, you know, <laughs> if you had an organization that was really a phone-based order organization, you're going to lose uh, market share. So, so some of it is, is that, that customer piece. And then the third big push and, and um, desire I see really is on how to leverage uh, the up and coming techniques for, for data analytics, uh, whether it's you know, uh, artificial intelligence to find patterns in your data, uh, find potential issues in your company, or if it's machine learning, to help you continue to fine-tune your queries and your uh, your analysis of what's going on in your business. Uh, so those are kind of the three main pressures that we see. And some companies are trying to do initiatives on all three, um, but depending on where they are and what in industry and size and, and, and market direction, it, it might be only one of those. Something that I think about when you talk about the the first major driver of of different companies recognizing and different industries recognizing that they need to do different things is the specialization that we see uh, a, a, a lot around our partner you know community around our membership community of these enabling firms uh, that that provide technology products or solutions. They, they are starting to gravitate a little bit more towards specific industries, and I, I see we see firms that have really not been part of our traditional membership um, that are doing technology work. And when we reach out to them and begin a discussion, they say, I don't really identify as part of the IT industry. I identify as part of the healthcare industry or the manufacturing industry or whatever, because that's the vertical that I'm focused on. And I'm wondering a little bit if we will start to see that uh, among just IT professionals, that you won't see a job post anymore saying, 
you need these skills. And, and we already see some of this, but more and more will we start to see you need to have network administration, system administration, understanding of a cloud environment in this specific vertical. Um, so do you see that specialization beginning to affect IT, whether it's internal or external? No, I, I see it sometimes. I mean, definitely on, on the data analytics side, um, companies are looking for uh, firms that really understand the data, the opportunities from data in their industry. And so, uh, you know, if, if they're looking for a, a, a data scientist or a firm that provides some of that, they're definitely going to show a preference on, uh, on industry basis. I think the same is true generally for those technologies, tools, techniques that are around uh, business optimization. Uh, if you're in the manufacturing industry, um, you're going to look at robots very differently than if you're in the distribution industry than if you're in the healthcare industry. Um, now, the, the robots themselves might still come from the same manufacturer, but the, the integrator who's going to help that company um, move forward is more likely to have an industry focus. So uh, let me ask you this. If you were a young person going to embark or hoping to embark on an IT career today, what would be their, your best advice for where uh, their greatest opportunity would be? Well, you know, I think there are so many opportunities in, in and around technology going forward. A lot depends on the individual's uh, innate skills and, and what they like to do. Uh, I, I see huge um, need for vendor management skills uh, because of the amount of outsourced uh, services, uh, cloud-based services. Uh, IT companies who don't have a strong um, vendor management and procurement function are really struggling because they're, they're really at the, the mercy of the vendors who, who, who create the, the rules. Uh, I think data is a huge opportunity, uh, whether it's uh, to be an analyst or to be part of some of the firms that are creating some of the AI and machine learning IP. There, there's huge possibilities there. And I think that um, integration is going to be an important uh, skill. And not everyone is good at thinking through the issues that come with integration, but it, it can be uh, a tremendous long-term career there as well. And then finally, folks who are willing to spend the time to understand the business uh, as well as technology and be the, the translators and enablers. I'd say those are my four big areas. Well, yeah, those all sound uh, like areas that match up with what we're seeing. And uh, I think that's probably a great place to land here. This, this paper actually, I wrote almost as a prequel to a white paper that we did a couple years ago on, on a functional IT framework that does start to focus more on skills. And, and so again, the idea here is that if, as we understand 
um, what's happening in the enterprise technology space and we understand these shifts that are happening, now we can fill the skills that we need. And, um, and, and we can make sure that those skills are tied back to actual business outcomes uh, and places that the business wants to go rather than you know putting a band-aid on, on something that uh, isn't fully understood. So really appreciate uh, all of your thoughts, Gail, especially on, on the skills there at the end. Uh, and thanks again for joining us. I think this was a great conversation. This really adds yeah. a little bit more flavor to the, to the paper. Oh, it does. Thank you, Gail. Thank you. Bye now. All right. Bye. Bye.